Clayton Shepard would have thought he was dreaming if the pain coursing through his body weren't so acute. Dreams, even nightmares, didn't hurt. His quick but faltering pace toward the airport had slowed considerably since he'd begun, his path less than direct. His only assurance he was still headed in the right direction was the collection of artificial white peaks directly ahead. The sun was dropping fast, and the cold air was harder to breathe. He pulled short, shallow breaths to lessen the sting. The glacier was easier, he slurred the moment before someone yelled at him. The call echoed around him, but Clayton dismissed it. He thought he was hearing things. He scanned the ground around him and then searched the horizon, working the focus on the grassy, rolling field between him and his destination. He kept walking until he heard the muffled, unintelligible command again. He didn't obey until a shot from an M4 zipped past his aching head. "'Stop right there!' the man barked. "'Do not move! Raise your hands above your head!' Clayton stopped, his boots cementing themselves in the soft mud. He looked down at his chest and saw a half-dozen dancing crimson dots at what shooters called center mass. He touched his chest, the laser beams painting his hand. Through the throbbing in his head, the exhaustion and the searing heat radiating from his injured leg, he couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. The ringing in his ears was getting worse. He mumbled, Why are... The man repeated his order with less patience. Raise your hands above your head! Clayton blinked, trying to find the source of the commands. He raised his hands but couldn't get them much past his shoulders. The stitch in his side wouldn't allow it. I'm trying, he said. I think I've got broken ribs. Keep them as high as you can, said the man. Do not react when my men approach you. They will shoot you. Clayton winced against the sharp pain in his side, but he kept his hands as high as he could. Five men covered in shaggy green and brown camouflage ghillie suits materialized from the ground. With their weapons pulled to their shoulders and eyes, they crouch-walked toward him. They stopped a few feet from him, weapons trained on his chest, forming a semicircle around him. The leader of the group rose from the ground and marched to join them. He halved the distance between Clayton and his men and lowered his weapon. The man's face was painted with alternating stripes of green, tan, and brown. Only the whites of his eyes and teeth made him distinguishable from his outfit. Clayton still wasn't certain he was real. "'I'm going to pull this pack from your shoulders,' he said. "'Do not resist. Just relax and let me remove it. Is that understood?' Clayton nodded. The man walked around Clayton, circling him like an animal about to pounce, and grabbed the pack from behind. He wasn't gentle." He grunted and walked around to face Clayton, holding up the pack. "'What's this?' The ringing softened for a moment, and Clayton glanced past the alpha male and his team to the row of white peaks stretching skyward from the Denver International Airport Jefferson Terminal. It couldn't be more than two hundred yards from it. It was so close. At least he thought he was. Was it a mirage? Was all of this a dream?' His eyes strained to pull focus and look the soldier in the eyes. Survival gear. The soldier's breath smelled like licorice. Strong, black licorice. For what? The ringing was worse. Clayton could barely hear himself speak. Surviving. The soldier leaned in, his face inches from Clayton. He shook the pack. 
This is Russian. What are you doing with Russian survival gear? Clayton looked at the Cyrillic lettering on the pack. I'm an astronaut, he said. Do I smell licorice? The man narrowed his gaze before stepping back. A smile spread across his face. He tossed the heavy pack to one of his men. All right, he said. You want to be coy. That's your prerogative. We'll let them handle you. Clayton coughed and clenched his teeth against the bolt of pain in his side. He bent over and grabbed at his ribcage before dropping onto his knees. Each successive breath stung more than the last. The cold, dry mountain air didn't help. He squeezed his eyes shut 